Hi, I'm Justin. Also, I hate the way my voice sounds, so if you can like do whatever Photoshop does to voices, make me sound awesome. And this is my lovely friend. The beauty in the eyes of the beholder. And it's just about getting into the seat of being the beholder. Haley. I don't think you have to be particularly perceptive. I just think you have to look up. This podcast is mostly just her telling me stories. If you expose yourself to the possibility that this might be really awkward, there, there could be something just really cool on the other side of it. She thinks that her life and way of looking at things are... Oh, I thought I was kind of waiting on you. I thought you were getting your stuff ready. You're waiting on me? Pretty normal. You got to edit out all the misinformation about the Amish. Maybe you can relate. I would like a chance to re-sing the Amish paradise. <laughs> if you want lighthearted stories... All right, you want to talk about goats? And stream of consciousness... I just woke up and needed some friends, and so I bought them. Then you're gonna like the Sunny Side Up podcast. Sunny Side Up, Sunny Side Up, Sunny Side Up, Sunny Side Up. So, if you're at all like me, you may feel that you're living in a world that can be a bit overwhelming and confusing at times. I'm also a huge fan of podcasts, documentaries, docudramas, stories, and of just information in general. Between all of that, and the social media and news, sometimes our brains can feel like they're on overload. Haley and I hope that this podcast can be something of an anecdote to all of that, like little jello shots of joy and distraction. None of it is too serious or really too informative. Mostly it's just two friends who have conversational chemistry talking about whatever enters the minds of relatively ADHD people. We hope you enjoy. Well, and um, I had a really fascinating conversation sort of tangentially related to the things you dream up become reality. So, like, let's say, like, let's say indeed these UAPs really are, you know, the top, 50 smartest people in the United States inventing some crazy whatever ships that fly 5,000 miles an hour, go into the ocean, stop and turn it down, whatever. Um, but like we've been thinking about craft like that and we've been imagining it as alien craft for a really long time. And we've got, it's in the movies, it's, it's in the zeitgeist. Um, years ago, between like 2015 and 2016, there was like the six month window where I was doing Uber before I got into the commercial real estate world. And I had this guy get in my car from California who ran like pretty much like the premier or top uh, um, robotics, like um, were like, let's say, because uh, he was mainly supplying limbs for guys that had gotten blown up in oh, Afghanistan. Oh, like prosthetics, yeah. Prosthetics, thank you. Robotic prosthetics. So he was the guy, him and his company, he was the engineers that had put together all these limbs that work really, really, really well, that connect with your brain and all this stuff to to give the person who lost their arm or their leg or both or whatever, um, you know, a, a, a pretty normal life. And he was also working on the full suits, the full, like, you climb in it almost like bionic. Iron Man. Bionic. Yeah, yes. bionic suits. Yeah. To give soldiers, like, they could run at, like, 30 miles an hour and leap over 10-foot walls, take a bunch of bullets, lift 1,000 pounds, all the stuff. Um, he's building, he's contracted, one of the contracts, uh, or one of the people contracted to build those suits. Um, anyhow, so I'm having this conversation with him, and I asked him, I said, where, like, where do you guys get this stuff? And he's like, oh. We, we see it in the movies. The creatives invent it. Like, they come up with the idea. 
And then he said, then it goes to the people like myself, the engineers, and we sit there and we watch it and we go, huh, I'll bet if we did this, 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 and this, we could actually do that thing. Yeah. Which is super fascinating. I think um, leads me to this whole thing of like, it's a little chicken and eggy, but I think in a lot of cases, it's like the the creatives, the people that write the books and the movies dream up, quote unquote, fantasy, and they invent these worlds and these possibilities that don't exist. And the engineers figure out how to make it happen. Pull it into our space. Yeah. So fascinating. But I mean, that was an actual conversation where he was like, he told me, he said, me and other folks like me in Silicon Valley who are at the very cutting edge of like AI, robotics, all of it. He's like, we literally, like we got all of our ideas from books, comics, and movies. And we just were like, that's a freaking awesome idea. We'd never thought of it before, but we could do that if we tried hard enough. So anyways. I could just sit and think about this for the rest of the afternoon. Like, I know. That's so interesting. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It gets in. Yeah. I've been talking about lately is like, I, I no longer know from, from the people who like do movies. Like we, we recently watched, um, uh, Dr. Strange two, And even like some of the stuff there where it's not so much about technology, but it's about like spiritual powers. Mm-hmm. And there's like all these parallels with actual spiritual powers and traveling, time travel, uh, traveling through portals, all the stuff which I know of people and mystics who have done or do that. There's also people in the dark arts, um, uh, like heavy duty witchcraft stuff who do that. And anyways, so I start to wonder with like the people who are writing the movie, I'm like, these are either really perceptive people. So it's, it's like these, the people writing these movies are either, they're either coming up with something that's being copied. They're tapping into alternate universes, worlds, reality, spiritual dimensions, whatever you want to call it, and pulling those things in, let's say heaven or outside our domain into our domain or they know something and they're just packaging it like they know that this thing already exists and they're sort of packaging it in a sort of an entertaining slightly modified way it's one of those three options i don't know which but it is a whole very fascinating thing to think about um the way creatives affect the world we live in do you are you a creative do you classify yourself as a creative like if you were a donut biscuit scone (laughs) which which personality type are you? Are you a creative or an engineer on between those oh, two? Oh, between those two, I definitely tip towards the creative side then, yeah. And I think I'd be more of the engineer. Yeah. As a kid, I would imagine and create and think outside the box. But the longer life goes, the mm. less creative I've become. It's way more just reactive to the situation. Mm. I wonder if you ever get to a point where you have your hands free and you're not so, yeah. like, focused on mm-hmm. the urgent things around you if you can tap back into, back into it. the I think creative it's happen energy. For you. Of like right now you're trying to keep your daughter alive. She's dealing with adrenal grant. Well, it's just things like what am I cooking for I, dinner? I it's going to use at least three different colors and four different food groups. Right. Like what's it going to – like brain right. energy is just going so many other places, yeah. and I'll never not have those responsibilities again. So it may be that it's just up to people like you to be the creative. <laughs> the guys who are going to get their dinner at the restaurant will I have like the creative energy to come up <laughs> with the innovation that the rest of us um, have set aside in order to satisfy both the food guide pyramid and eliminate a monochromatic food scheme. I like it. Uh, Yeah, of which I know nothing about nor care about. Um, I wonder if you could be both as a career. Like a Disney Imagineer kind of does both. And I'm sure that they have their departments. Elon Musk. 
Yeah, he's a creative, but he seems to find the people who know how to do it. It's about recruiting the talent, the engineers, to make it happen. Okay, but one person could never – have you seen how big a single – like Peyton, um, you know, our, our friend that we know, just got a, a job uh, at one of the um, the Tesla places. Just one single place. They're massive. Like, it's – yeah, no one person could do anything like that. Of course, sure. you you have to have a you have to have a visionary who um, ha, you know can can start putting it together, and then you have to bring in the talent to support it. Like no no man's an island. Yeah. So that's not a that that's that's like no duh. And for your like, I think you could be equally talented at creative and engineering, but at some point one is going to win out over the other, probably? So, no, this is my theory. I think that there are extraordinary humans. Most of us kind of fall into, like, we're either a scone or a biscuit. Right. Right. But there's those, those extraordinary folks that are both a scone and a fluffy donut. Like, you could be every number on the Enneagram scale, yeah. depending on the circumstances. Right. Okay, are those extraordinary people, or is that all of us? We just don't often have our foot in so many different environments that we have to test all those waters. I feel... I hate to say this, because you here's what you want us to tell people, is that you can be anything you want to be. You just free your mind. And and I, I think we're moving the needle to where the average human has more and more chances to, quote-unquote, be whatever they want to be. But I think there's very real limitations when you think of IQ, you think of, like... If we're moving the needle towards that... We are. It's not so much a needle being moved towards that. It's a pendulum swing back towards... Because I think the Industrial Revolution, which, odd that that would come up twice one day, but I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, love it. I'm down, I'm down. But I... I think Did you that, just push your glasses up on your nose a little bit? A little <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start wearing them just so I can. Power yeah. move. But Power move. What were we talking about? The Industrial Revolution, how people are becoming... Yeah, the Industrial Revolution took people out of that, I'm wearing all the hats, I'm Mm -hmm. a Renaissance man, and gave them a specialized function and narrowed their focus. And then, I mean, and it wasn't just the Industrial Revolution, but the entire, like... Instead of living in a little agrarian society yes. where you got to do a lot of things, we're yes. going to just move to this situation where you can focus yes. and specialize and, and we hone in on this particular thing. So if we're getting back to where we do many things, mm. it's the breakdown of a situation that we put us in. It's a pendulum swing, not hmm. a needle shift. And I'm not that, against it. Yeah, that's, Maybe COVID is doing us more favors than we thought because it's breaking people out of that. Maybe what is doing us more maybe it's Maybe COVID is helping COVID, okay, to yeah, break yeah, yeah. that down because we're yeah. getting out of the nine to five and everybody's quitting mm-hmm. their jobs and being like, I'm just going to do something different because yeah. it turns out that living in a pandemic was better than what I was living in before. <laughs> and right? so they're quitting their jobs and moving out to the middle of nowhere. Real estate markets in Montana yeah. are skyrocketing because yes. people are like, I'm going to live somewhere beautiful. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how we're all going to pay our bills and it may not matter because the recession coming so i'm told yeah but But in the meantime it's gonna be a glorious ride yeah and maybe people are gonna get more creative because they're suddenly giving themselves the space and the time and the energy to do it yeah yeah it's it's a really interesting thought um i mean if we put all of our nutrition into a single vitamin so we don't have to think so much about dinner boom baby that's where all the the ideas are coming from flintstone vitamins coming right back but stronger but stronger and better yeah i would imagine there's probably going to be a point where they'll get artificial food production to where it tastes pretty good it's pretty nutritious and it will come squirting out of something Uh, and then cooking 
could become sort of optional. Like driving will become optional at some point, right? Like you get into an automated vehicle in the next 30 to 40 years. It takes you wherever you want to go. You absolutely do not need to drive. I mean, Tesla, back to Mr. Well, now that our commercially grown foods and fruits and vegetables and everything, all of our commercially grown foods are so much less nutritious. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to rely more and more on these supplements. So bring on the easy squirt packages of nutrition. Right. Yeah. Or to your point, that's one way. That That's like we're, we're in the fork in the road. But have you noticed how many people are like growing gardens again? Like it is becoming all the rage. Is like, it? Yeah. That's so wonderful. Right. It's really cool. So there was like this really – we came from this like every other uh, – major um, civilization or whatever, very agrarian beginnings, right? You know, farmlands and farms and whatever. Of course, we had, you know, we, we industrialized pretty well, but whatever. There was still, most of it was um, farmland. And then we moved heavily to where almost none of us were on farms, like a teeny, teeny, teeny fraction. And so part of like the capitalistic idea uh, of showing off your wealth and prosperity was like these nicely groomed yards where, you know, dad would push mow on Saturday and, you know, mama planted flowers in the, in the beds. And it was all about just making it look pretty, but there's no, like, beneficial. Functional. Functional, right. It was all about aesthetics. Well, now you're seeing this push, like, all kinds of people everywhere. Like, people in high-rises are doing grow boxes on their little balconies or on the roof. And people are really, like, everywhere I look and turn to across, like, racial and ethnic and religious, whatever, are all like, I want to grow a little garden. I want to have a little patch of land. I want to be part of, like, the urban community garden thing. I, like, so many people. And, um, yeah, so there is That's sort of That's a this, good shift. It is a good shift, yeah. We, as long as we give everybody access to land, because here again, only those with the resources will yeah. have the luxury of satisfying that primal urge to grow something. I, I have no primal urge to grow anything. I can't stand growing things. You could be my friend. I will grow the things and then, wait, you don't cook either, so you I'll don't have them. any. You don't I, have I any. need one more person in this triangle, <laughs> in this love triangle. I need the person to grow it, the person to cook it, and then I'll just consume it. I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, I feel like I'm bringing. Not a thing is wrong with that. Yesterday, <laughs> yes, yesterday, maybe the day before, neighbor yeah. drove up and yeah. dropped off a bag with um, potatoes, squash, cucumbers, and honey from their Ooh, backyard. Yummy. And honey. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Because, yeah, cucumbers and squash, no offense, like, okay. But honey. Oh, man. That's yeah. amazing. Well, yeah, especially, like, honey is does a lot for your system if it's coming from your neighborhood. Like, it's going right. to help yeah. you. It's going to help you with your seasonal allergies and everything else as long as those bees are harvesting that pollen from the flowers that you're exposed to. So not only does it have to be local, but it probably needs to be eaten <laughs> within the season. That, Wait that, a minute. Do you know honey is the only food in the whole world that, as far as we know, never goes bad? We what? have found, I think it's 5,000-year-old honey buried in some tomb and somewhere. Why is the honey on my counter, like, crystallized? It doesn't mean it's gone bad. Like, just I think if you warm it up, you just, like, it never... Uh, rots or it ferments rots. or anything? No. I think you can ferment it. And there's a process to make, like, honey, whatever. But on its own, it, do, it never... It's the only known food to never go bad. It's one of the magical things about honey. There's so many magical things about honey. But that's uh, one of them. Holy smokes. Yeah. It's so so cool. I have been... Dang, I forgot to return that phone call. I was, I've been doing some, um, giving some advice here and there, like like 
not free legal work, but um, opinions, like a, essentially. Actually, no. Yeah, there was a little bit of free legal work. And they were um, – the man was like, hey – you like a Dear Anne. What was that lady who did the – Anne uh, Landers. Anne the, Landers, yeah. yeah. I don't say I give good advice. Okay. No, but um, just just small favors here and there. But anyway, the man was like, hey, I, I thank you, and I, I got something come to you. And I was like, oh, no, no, we're, we're friends. Like, hmm. you don't owe me anything. And he's like, listen – I'm going to tell you like I have had to tell other people in the past. Don't refuse your blessings when you don't even know what it is. That's right. But it's coming. I've got something for you. Hmm. And I was like, you're so right, and I'm so excited. I can't <laughs> wait for it. But his his thing, his talent is um, he is a beekeeper. But, like, wow. he's actually at the top of the beekeepers. Like, he's the leader Pyramid. of the beekeepers. Ooh. Is yeah. it a cult? No, but Dang it is it. an organization. Um well, I mean, you can, like, come and go. If you're in it, it's because you want to be there, not because you feel compelled. So it's so actually it's like a healthy cult. What do yeah. you call it? Just, just an organization. But either way, he's at the top of it. So yeah. I, in my heart, I'm like, he's either maybe probably going to bring me some honey or perhaps a bee box. And I don't Ooh, want to be oh. like, like, I don't want to oversell but the value wanna... of what I've done. But if he brought a bee box to my house, I might just die of happiness. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was going so a different direction. I was like, please bring me the honey that you've done all the hard work. But a bee box, you know that there's going to be bees living in there, right? But they would be making honey from the stuff in my yard. That would be the most potent honey that I could possibly expose myself to. It would be amazing. Okay, but you're also aware of, like, all the other stuff you have to, like, put on like whole bee outfits and like smoke if them out. If I'm dealing with him, but I think that's what he does. I think he manages them. Oh, that, you're right. His, yeah, no, no, now we're up. back. We're back. We're back in business. Yeah. Yes. Like, and again, yes. like I would never yeah. ask him for such a thing, but when he was like, I got a blessing and it's coming your way, it may be honey. It may be yeah. a jar of honey, which is fine. It could be like an old rind of salami or something he's going to throw in a paper bag. It and, could be, and but say, he gave me honey last time. So I he's mean, like, it's hard to step down the blessing once you've already set my right. blessing expectations. Right. You told me not to dismiss it, so my hopes are high. <laughs> but what if his gesture was to bring a bee box and put? Mm. It would Gosh, be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, we we actually thought about here on, on this property how cool it would be to like you know, basically somebody like the dude you know who's like at the top of the beekeeping pyramid. Yeah, and is just desperately looking for more places to shove their bee boxes. This would be an excellent place yeah. because okay, and also there's government grants if you will put this on your property. There's usually grants that cover this. But if you would like more information, I will put you in touch with my bee guy because he's the top of the state mm. beekeepers association, I think. So I'll just maybe he'd know like he if, will once know. you reach that level, you know like the top dude in like Georgia beekeeping. It's yeah, like yeah. the it's dark a, vehicles driving to the back of the military compound. They it. know things and they yes. know people. Yeah. I will ask him. He's a source. <laughs> he's a source. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Honey, I put it in my coffee because your wife told me that you put it in your coffee. Yes. And by Jove, that's delicious. It is delicious. It Did it take you about a week, though, to get used to the taste differential between that and sugar? No, because my palate is so unrefined. My sense of smell is so weak mm. that I don't really detect a lot of difference in many flavors. Like, only occasionally do I have a really sensitive palate. Most of the time, I can just... As long as the texture's right, I can eat almost anything. Wow. Blessing and a curse. Yeah, yeah. But aside from putting it in coffee, I will also dip my fried foods in it, which is a super southern I meat. like that. <laughs> yeah, it's really, in the really honey? Good. Oh, yeah. I like that. Like, yeah. when you go to a fried chicken restaurant or whatever, they'll often offer it yes. as a side. Like, even yes. Chick-fil-A. Yes. Like, no, no, it's delightful. Yeah, yeah on chicken, on fries, especially on... 
uh, especially in sweet potato fries, you dust it with a little bit of cinnamon and then you drizzle honey on sweet potato fries. That sounds amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that sounds really good. And I mean, a lot of Chinese food, there's a couple of dishes that use mm-hmm. honey. So it's That's not, right. it's not even just a Southern no. thing, but yeah, a thing that is also, I thought Southern, but not necessarily just Southern. So I told you my brother moved to Colorado from, yes. from Mississippi. Yeah. And whenever I went to visit him, I stopped and bought a bag of boiled peanuts to take to him, which... You're from, I mean, you spent oh, yeah. time in Florida, yeah. so... Boil- yeah, North, North Florida is no different than Southern Georgia, Mississippi. Like, Alabama. we boil our peanuts. We do Absolutely. everything with our peanuts. Okay. So, my brother is in his downtown Denver office, and he brings some boiled peanuts to the office, and the guy down the hall is like, what? You eat boiled peanuts also? Because nobody else in Denver no, yeah, is yeah, eating yeah. boiled yeah. peanuts. The co-worker was from China. No. Yes. I believe he was in Southern China, and so there they just... There are rednecks everywhere. They boil their peanuts and he said the difference they f- do a lot more emphasis on the seasoning mm. and like flavoring them but cajun boiled peanuts are a thing where we live yeah, so it's not yeah. it's not unheard of it's just not our yeah it's not our strong suit i guess but the um aside from that difference it was interesting like wow. where else in the world are people boiling their peanuts we need to That's know a really good point yeah mm-hmm. yeah we, they should have like a peanut boiling convention of Globally. the world like an epcot center thing yeah. like Canadians, and then watch the Canadians are going to show up, and you're going to be like, again, you guys have the most boring. You have nothing to show for it's your a purist approach. Like, yeah, it's like literally, it's a peanut in some bugalaro. Like, you guys could have done better, and then you've got, you know, the rednecks and the, the Chinese. Cajuns can hold their own, man. Yes, I don't know if you've met people from South Louisiana, but they I know have. what's up, and like, they are not. They are forced to be reckoned with. They are. I rate the best uh, food in the United States, in my opinion, is in Chicago, hands down. The pizza, the no, hot no. dogs. What are we going uh, on? Yes, everything. Everything. Every Just category. That Italian. It, okay. ev- yes, Asian, Jamaican, whatever it is. Uh, there's a reason for it. It's because it, this is a side jag, but it's it's one of the most segregated cities in the country. So every Each corner yes. du- gets specialized. Right. Polish okay. are serving to Polish. Jamaicans are serving to Jamaica. Jamaican. Um, you know, Russians to Russians, blah, 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 blah. So you get really purely beautiful food. That is such a reasonable yeah. explanation. Yeah. And, it, and, so and, and it's, it's very naturally done. Sure. It's not like, uh, yeah, any which way. So that's that's why I think, uh, I, I don't know all the reasons why. It's definitely one of the reasons why Chicago has the best food in the country, um, even I think better than New York, which New York is amazing. But I'd say number two is New Orleans. That food is off the Shazang, man. Sure. So good. Yeah. Undeniable. Yeah. Undeni- undeniably beautiful, amazing food. I I think, are we getting hungry? We just talk about food all the time. <laughs> like, But we've been doing it the entire time. The entire so time. So I don't even know that we're hungry. It's just a, we it's just have part of fat our vernacular. hearts. <laughs> it's yeah. just what we talk about. Yeah. Cajuns are good at Cajun food, but are they good at all other types of food? I don't know. Mm. Boiling the peanuts, I'm sure that they are. I just thought it was kind of fascinating that southern China and southern United States were two of the only places that we know of that yeah. um, boil their peanuts. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't even know because you're right. Asian dishes tend to have a lot of peanuts in them. Um, I wonder if other places in the world are as peanut-centric. Yeah, where I else have no do they idea. Grow? I don't either. 
And that may be part of it is where else is the crop even exposed? Because I'm sure the poorer cultures have done as much with that crop yeah. as they can. Yeah. And that's probably what Southern China has in common with the Southern United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to have the right climate to grow them, which. Do you? Or are they pretty much uni- universal? Like they'll just grow anywhere. I don't know. I mean, I've only ever been to the peanut capital of North America, which is Dothan, Georgia. Mm. But that's not to say, I mean, it's it's in southern Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like more in my memory, it was sandy soil. So I'm, but I'm not really sure what the prime conditions are. But that makes it seem like Mexico would be a good place. Yeah, you'd to think. To grow peanuts. But you don't ever hear of. Mexican peanuts or peanut no. products. So interesting. We got things to explore. We have, yeah. There's like, a lot. Of, there's a lot of questions. Amish, Amish culture that we had to yes, do some yes. fact finding on, and peanuts. The list is going to grow. Yeah. Stuff that we should be googling. Hello, lovely friends. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And it would mean the world if you would tell other people about this podcast, and maybe even spam your social media accounts with just how much you're enjoying it. If you are, of course. Also, commenting and rating us on whatever platform you're downloading or streaming from is incredibly helpful to a little startup podcast like this one. On the other hand, if you are dissatisfied with your listening experience, please leave all of that hate on someone else's podcast, just maybe to confuse them a little bit, right? But most of all, We hope you keep looking up and looking for the sunny side of life.